Hi there, I'm Andrew McCormack, the host of Schwartz Media's daily news show, 7am. This is The Weekend Read. Every fortnight on the show, we feature the best long-form writing in Australia, read to you by the people who wrote it. Today on the show, Senior Lecturer in Media at the University of Sydney, Bunty Averson, with her piece from a recent edition of the Saturday Paper. A 14th century monastery in Bhutan might be the least likely place to find a hive of busy Wikipedia editors, but for Bunty Averson, it was the perfect setting for a project in improving media literacy among local nuns and preserving an underdocumented culture online. The week-long project offered a new path of enlightenment for the sisters and contributed to a broader goal of sharing Bhutanese culture with the rest of the world. Bunty will read her story, The Wiki Nuns of Bhutan, after a short conversation. So, Bunty, you're an expert in Wikipedia. I'm wondering, how do you become an expert in Wikipedia, aside from maybe spending a whole lot of time on that website? <laughs> so, Wikipedia is really an interesting platform. It's um, intended that anyone can go on and edit. It's this crowdsourced knowledge platform. And I first started to look at it a couple of years ago um, because I was curious about, it was around the time of the Cafe Lint siege. And I was curious as to how that would be represented because there was, as it was happening and there was so many different points of view, the media were taking different points of view. He was a terrorist. No, he was a wife beater. And a lot of it was political rhetoric. And I just wondered which version won. So I went on to Wikipedia and I had a colleague who understood um, data analytics kind of show me and explain how the platform worked. And I realised that every page has every edit recorded. And I found this kind of fascinating because it meant that you could deconstruct how a narrative came to be. It was all there. And I also realised that I was asking the wrong questions, that it didn't really matter what I was asking, and that, in fact, they each page kind of incorporates all arguments, or that's what it sets out to do. And so then I started to look at it as a platform and realised wow, the possibilities for this platform are quite amazing. And I learned to edit and started to, you know, read more of the research about it. And because my other research interest is the media in Bhutan, that's what I did my PhD on um, about 10 years ago, I realised what a what possibilities this might have for Bhutan. Mm. And as we'll hear in this piece, you recently went on this trip and taught a whole bunch of Bhutanese nuns. You know, you were training them to edit Wikipedia and getting them across the sort of, you know, technological aspects of the website and everything. They obviously learnt a lot from you, which we'll hear about in the piece, but what did you learn from them? It was fascinating in every possible way. The, I stayed in the um, nunnery for the week that I was teaching them. So I was aware at 5.30am that they were all up and there was lots of fabulous, you know, chanting and the horns and, you know, all of the whole, you know, nunnery comes alive at kind of 5.30. And then I, in a week I got used to kind of the rhythm of their day and when they'd have breakfast and... I was so hugely impressed with how hard they work. The first night that I stayed there, there was no locks on the doors of the guest house that I stayed in because people don't tend to go and stay at a nunnery. So it was actually just sort of a room with an ensuite where they would hold sort of lunches when they had visitors. 
And when I sort of just questioned, can I lock the door? They said no, but then another nun appeared with a chisel and a hammer and a (laughs) bit of nail and a bit of wood and just, you know, tapped away and she had a lock on the inside of the door for me within five minutes while we were still chatting. And wandering around the nunnery, that's what it was like. They were on the roofs, they were hammering, they were drying chilies all around while they were also doing, you know, uh, rituals in the monastery, in the temple and and so on. They are so busy and hardworking. And Bunty, broadly, I think Wikipedia is sometimes overlooked as a resource. I'm sure you've heard this kind of idea or, or perception of Wikipedia before. It's considered lowbrow by some. What do you think is misunderstood broadly about it? Um, I think the rigour that goes into editing. So you can't just go onto Wikipedia and write anything. If the pages are watched by people. They'll come in and, you know, fix them. But the rigour of referencing, the credibility of the sources, all of that is what matters, um, number one. But the other thing is that there is this uh, dedicated global pool of volunteers who are dedicated to making Wikipedia the best it can be. They they put in their time, their energy, their skills, and they come from all different walks of life and they can be students, retired people, whatever. Um, and this is what they do. It's a hobby and it's an interest and they they edit They fix pages, they make it better, they contribute. Bunty, a fascinating piece and thank you so much for writing it for the Saturday paper and we look forward to hearing you read it. Thank you. Coming up after the break, Bunty will read her story, The Wiki Nuns of Bhutan. The Saturday Paper's food editors are some of the country's leading chefs, including Andrew McConnell, Otama Carey, David Moyle and Karen Martini. Let them guide your cooking when you sign up to Schwartz Media's free weekly newsletter, The Food. It features the latest recipe from the Saturday Paper, along with a selection of seasonal dishes suitable for all cooks. Subscribe today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. The Wiki Nuns of Bhutan. Sitting amid the gently decaying walls of a 14th century monastery perched high on the roof of the world, I am privy to a rare sight, a monk bending low to pour tea for a nun. The learned principal of this Bhutanese monastery is in his 50s and senior in the monastic hierarchy. Yangden is just 21 with three more years of philosophical study ahead of her. These look like the genteel manners of any Bhutanese host, who will offer tea, food, a bed, or the shirt off their back if you need it. But this solicitude for the nun, and indeed for her nine sisters, who have just dropped in on their monastic neighbours, points to something else. Feminism has found its way to the furthest reaches of this remote Buddhist kingdom. Change isn't being driven by the nuns, who for centuries have served the monks and been treated poorly right across the Himalayas. It is coming from the very top, the office of His Eminence, the J. Kempo, head of the monastic body. This portly, middle-aged man may not look particularly radical, presiding over ancient ceremonies from his ornate golden throne, But he is leading this feminist shift. These nuns 
sipping tea and helping themselves to biscuits on a Friday afternoon, are part of it. Four years ago, 15 monks were moved out of their retreat overlooking Paro Valley to make way for them. The site, 3,500 metres above sea level, contained a temple, some housing and a couple of ramshackle outhouses. For 18 months, the nuns worked hard to turn it into a shedra, a Buddhist college. They hauled stone on their backs from a nearby quarry, chopped down trees and cleared brush to make a football field, built a greenhouse, planted marigolds, chilies and vegetables and painted and outfitted new dormitories. When it was ready, 65 nuns aged 11 to 49 moved in. A Kenpo principal was appointed along with a couple of senior monks to teach Buddhist philosophy and the newly renamed Tension Cholling Buddhist College for Nuns got down to business. The nuns follow a traditional monastic schedule starting at 5.30am with a rigorous program of classes, study, prayers, ritual practice, philosophy debates and chores before bed at 9pm, except for today. As a rare treat, 10 have permission to take me for a hike to the sacred temple in the neighbouring monastery. It is intended as a thank you. Over the past week, I've been teaching them how to edit English Wikipedia. For four and a half hours each day, we have worked together in the nunnery's new computer lab, learning the rules of referencing, plagiarism and copyright. For the nuns, joining the global pool of volunteers who edit the free online encyclopedia is a means to an end. Contributing to pages about Bhutanese history and culture helps them understand the logistics of the platform. The real prize is then to develop the Zonka Wikipedia in the national language of Bhutan. There are more than 330 different language editions of Wikipedia. The English version is by far the largest, with more than 6.7 million articles on every conceivable topic. In September 2023 alone, the website was visited more than 11 billion times, making it one of the top five on the internet and the only one in the top 50 that is a non-profit. Zonka Wikipedia is one of the smallest, with just 237 articles. That's slightly more than Canadian Cree, with 158, but fewer than West Greenlandic Kalalasut, 243 articles. Founder Jimmy Wales launched the platform in 2001 and explained his vision as, imagine a world in which every single person on the planet is given free access to the sum of all human knowledge. The monastic body sees the platform's potential. While schools teach both English and Zonka, English brings cultural dilution with Western ways of thought. The education division of the monastic body, the Suglug, wants Bhutan's 789,000 citizens to be able to read about their own country in their own language, rather than the Lonely Planet version.
The lessons have been challenging. I know just one Zonka word, kuzuzangpo, which means hello, and the nun's English is limited. They don't watch television, listen to radio, or read newspapers, let alone follow social media. They are only allowed to access their phones from after lunch on Saturday to bedtime on Sunday. Youngden, who has the best English, is appointed my personal assistant translator. She left school and her farming family at 14 when she chose to become a nun. She looks forward to getting her mobile phone on weekends. Once she's done her chores, she likes to watch Tom and Jerry cartoons because they make her laugh. When the nuns turn on their computers each morning, the opening pages are a sea of headlines and images covering the Israel-Hamas war, revelations from Britney Spears' memoir and polls about dating. I flinch at the intrusion into our otherworldly haven, but they don't seem to notice. They are equally uninterested in what is happening 90 minutes drive away in the capital city of Timpu. Bhutanese media is reporting a visit by Richard Branson, who arrived by private jet to meet local entrepreneurs. Also making news is the opening night of The Monk and the Gun by a Bhutanese director whose last film, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, made it to the Oscars. The glitterati of Timpu, including the Queen of Bhutan, turned out to pay homage to this son of Bhutan. For the nuns, though, Timpu is as far away from their world of prayer, study and contemplation as Hollywood or Sydney. Progress in the lab is initially slow. To register as an editor on Wikipedia requires creating a username, then a password, typing it twice and providing an email address. Half the nuns are locked out of the site on the first day. I have brought resources in English that meet Wikipedia's rigorous referencing criteria. Facebook and blogs are not accepted, but books by Bhutanese scholars, respected local newspapers and online academic sources are. I explain that everything they add to a page must have a credible published source. Wikipedia is not written by experts. Its reliability comes from its referencing. I try to explain plagiarism and copyright. Not everything is taken on board, partly because of language challenges and partly because notions of copyright are meaningless to the nuns. One adds a long paragraph about a famous Timpu temple, copied straight from a book. Another inserts a personal tribute to a monk in Timpu who helps youths with drug problems. Before I have a chance to fix these editing transgressions, however, the Wikipedia community steps up. Within minutes, editors have undone the additions, leaving comments on the nuns' new user pages to explain why and offer advice. Wikipedia editors have been criticised for being hostile to newcomers, and I have been walloped a few times. Research shows the cohort has come to be dominated by white Western men in the global north, who are likely to be technically skilled and white-collar. Bias against women, the global south, ethnic minorities and the LGBTQ community has been demonstrated in their decisions. However, none of that is on show this week. The nuns are delighted to instantly be part of this virtual, global community. The rigour of the nuns' monastic education 
with its emphasis on memorisation, becomes clear when we start editing Zonka Wikipedia. We download the Zonka font, which has 30 consonants and four vowels, and, with the click of a mouse, can be matched to the keys on a Roman keyboard. Within minutes of looking at a Zonka keyboard online, they are expertly typing away on their Roman keyboard. The nuns are bright, industrious and very funny. They love to tease each other and the computer lab often erupts with laughter. In just one week, they improve 28 articles about their country, create two new ones and add 26 references across both English and Zonka Wikipedias. After we finish tea, we thank the monks for their hospitality and start the hour-long hike back to the nunnery. The women toss and swirl their red robes over their shoulders, laughing and calling to each other. Youngden makes the most of having her mobile phone, first calling an auntie on FaceTime to tell her she's learnt to edit Wikipedia, and then her friend, a Vietnamese nun she met in India. We all shout, Kuzuzongpo, to them both. The track between the monastery and the nunnery is new. The nuns built it to connect the two sacred temples and already it's being used by a group of scouts and their leaders. Youngden says it took three weeks to chop down the trees, move boulders and clear a path through the dense thorny bushes. I'm grateful that in our increasingly troubled world, they are here, dedicating themselves to a spiritual life gaining respect and opening new paths to enlightenment. To hear more Weekend Reads, you can subscribe to The Weekend Read in Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.